1: I'm Elizabeth Reese. I'm Marjorie Bunnett. This is Best to the Nest, the podcast that is all about creating happy, healthy, beautiful homes that prepare us to fly. This one is a little bit of a literal conversation here, Marjorie.
0: Yes. yes. It's because time, it's really
1: about the home.
0: It's a time for the Renault reveal. We've lived through the summer with you. We've heard your pain. We've heard your sadness. We've heard your joy. We've heard your impatience. We've heard your patience. But it's done. I feel like
1: I am a broken record. I feel like this is all I've been talking about. (laughs) And I'm a little sick of hearing myself talk about it. But I do feel everyone who's been so gracious to be invested with me with this remodel process deserves the good stuff. So, Marjorie, there are reveal photos posted all over my Instagram. I will be posting them all on Best in the Nest Instagram and also on our Facebook so that you can see what I've been talking about. And it really was five months, and it's still not completely done. (laughs) Oh, there's always lingering
0: things. There are the
1: lingering things, yeah. We are in the kitchen. We've now been in the kitchen for just about two weeks, and there are still, like, we have some outside stairs that need to be done. We have siding that needs to be finished and painting, and then there's some ceiling in the basement that still has to be put back together, but by and large, you know, the major parts of the project are done, but it was almost five months of being time. out of the
0: kitchen, Marjorie. Yeah. Five months. That's a really long that's a half a year.
1: And we've talked about this a little bit on the podcast before too, as I've been going through this and it's been really interesting that like we launched the podcast in January, at the end of January. And you know, our focus is best to the nest and having our nest be a wonderful, fabulous sanctuary. So we launched this podcast at the end of January, and then I'm in the middle of planning the remodel, and the remodel starts. Like, my nest has been a disaster zone ever since we started this
0: podcast. The physical nest. <laughs> the physical mental mess. nest has been in better shape sometimes when things were going well with the renovation.
1: Yeah, that's very true. So it's yeah. and when I say it's a kitchen remodel, that is a little bit misleading because it has been. It is a large scope project. So it's kitchen, it's dining room, it's turning an outdoor vestibule into a mudroom. There's a bathroom that was renovated. There is. Part of the walkways out to our porch and into the basement that was renovated. It's new windows, new doors, tearing down a wall, adding a sink. I mean, just adding a bunch of things. So it was definitely not as simple as just like, hey, let's take this one room. Let's get the cabinets out and then put new ones in. It was a much more complicated project than that, but it was also just a full-out game changer in terms of how we could use this house. And for you, I mean, you're hearing all these stories, Marjorie, and this is like old hat for you because you've renovated a million houses.
0: I, I counted it up just to make sure because I tend to exaggerate. You know this about me. I tend to exaggerate everything. So my tally for renovation was Davenport, Iowa, one, Nashville, one, Atlanta, one, St. Paul, three, home renovations, because i bought two and flipped them, and then I renovated the house I lived in. Chicago, I built a house, tore down one and built one, And then we have a house in Tempe. I really haven't done anything to this townhome in Tempe. There was an interior designer that lived here. He had renovated in the early 2000s. So everything's kind of just fine. You know, it's just, and I think I'm tired, it's just fine. And then the house in Manhattan, Kansas. So that's one, two, three, six renovations, one built. That's a lot. That's a lot.
1: That's, That's a lot. lot, and I do think you learn a lot. I mean, you definitely learn a lot about yourself. You learn it about is. your relationship with your partner, and you learn from your mistakes. So, I know that there are some mistakes that I made that I will definitely not repeat again.
0: What would you think that? What would you say was the biggest mistake or a, a mistake? I, I think a
1: big mistake was not being really clear enough and having a better understanding of the schedule. Because I really expected that this was going to be about a three-month project. And then what happened was it was not a three-month project. And everybody you talk to says, well, whatever they tell you, add on 40% of the time. It's going to take so much longer. It's going to take so much longer. And I knew that. I knew that. But that didn't mean that when we hit that three-month part, when I thought this should be so much further along than it is, that I wasn't just really stressed. I mean, imagine if you told yourself
0: that your pregnancy was going to only last five months and it lasted eight. Right? I mean, it would put you in a whole different frame of mind. It It totally does. So I think managing those expectations
1: are really important. I also think in terms of communication with me and Jay, I think we learned that he needs to be the one who is in communication with the contractor and managing the schedule and kind of handling the accountability factors there. And I need to be the one who is making choices, right? right. I mean, making choices about what's going to look great. And obviously, I mean, Jay likes to be involved in those things, frankly, more than I would like him to be involved, but that's for <laughs> another story. But, you know, I think me choosing and deciding and, you know, looking at the flow and all of those things, but Jay needs to be the one that's in contact with the contractor. And what happened was, this is not shocking. I took it all on. Right. And I was like, okay, I've got it. I can handle this. Well, it turns out I have a full-time job, two children, and then other jobs. Yeah. And I don't have time to manage a contractor. Like, I just don't have time to do it. And so then I was feeling so stressed all the time, and every time Jay would ask me what was going on like, what's happening here? Why is this going so slowly? What's going on here? I would immediately get super defensive. Like you were doing I was, something wrong
0: or you had mismanaged something.
1: Like I had mismanaged it, yeah. yeah. And then there were times when I would say, like, I mean, I would cry to him and say, this is my fault. Like, this is my fault. I shouldn't have done this. I took on too much. I shouldn't have done this. And he was like, this is not your fault. This is just, this is the way it is. But I will tell you, I think I definitely learned... And we've done a lot together. You know, I mean, we've gotten married. We've had a child. We've had another child. We've gotten a puppy. Puppies are really hard, by the way, Marjorie. You know that. We've moved. We've lived in a space that was really too small. We moved into this space. I mean, all of those things. So those are like big stressors in your life that we've gone through. I mean, we started dating, and he had just lost a parent. It's like all of the big stresses in life we've been through together, but there was something... About this that was really hard, and I think it's because it involves so much money, and it is involving yeah. so much money,
0: yeah, you and of-
1: this was us at our worst, I think.
0: Oh, that's interesting.
1: Even worse than, like, the middle of
0: the night baby
1: stuff. Yeah. This
0: was stuff that there were some, some tough fights. Yeah, I think you said a couple of really important things. I think for anybody that's thinking about a renovation project, they're really important. One is be re- realistic about the time frame, and I think that's about right, adding if they tell you three Add two more. And so that your expectation that if they, if they finish earlier than what you were expecting, be pleasantly surprised. But it's too hard to do it the other way around. It's too hard to think it's done in three months and then it's not. That, that's a big stressor. The other thing is the money piece. And I think I've done a couple of houses – I did one project that was – well, building a house was was a big one, and I had just had a baby. That probably wasn't the best timing ever. But I think it's really important to understand – and I I would tell anybody this – is before you start a renovation project, if you're going to renovate, not build, if you're going to renovate, if you can, live in the house first. Live in the house so that you understand exactly how you're living in it because I've had so many houses – We live in every house differently. I mean, it seems like such a – well, of course you would. But when you're going to renovate, you really want to understand the patterns of your family and what you need in that time of life. I mean, I've had a lot of people tell me, oh, you know what, we really wanted to live sort of in an open floor plan house. And then they realized that that was a really hard floor plan to live in with toddlers. For sure. you have to figure out, like, okay, how does this house live for us? And then that leads to the next thing, what do we really want to do and what will that realistically cost? And I think I remember when we did our house in Atlanta, it was a three-story Charleston style house. It was a big house with big renovation. And I was young and I had already done, I think, two houses, three houses by then, but the other two were smaller projects. This was a big one. And I don't think I had a realistic sense of, of cost. Right. And that was really, to your point, that was really stressful. Luckily, I don't think that that was – that wasn't what caused the fights between us because my husband isn't wired that way about money. But what it did cause me was a huge amount of stress. And I also didn't share a lot with him because I was sort of acting as, like, the foreman. So I was sort of, like, I was just managing it, you know, like I would manage a show budget. I was just managing it. And that was really, really stressful for me. I think if I had shared more, <laughs> there, might have, there might have been some fights. But he was really good. It would be like, you know, how much how much more do we need? It was like, what do we need? And it was also, I will tell you this with all honesty, Elizabeth, that house we did in during, like, the I would call the funny money stages of a pre-mortgage crisis. And it was really weird, because I remember walking, and that's like in my young 30s, I remember walking into the bank, and they're like, how much do you need? I'm like, I need $80,000. And they're like, okay. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God, what the, there is something wrong here. And I mean, it was crazy. But, I mean, that sort of helped, you know, sort of finish it off, and we could finish it. But that doesn't mean that that's not stressful. You're still borrowing $80,000 that you have to pay back at some point. You're so right, and you're right about the
1: the stress level because I don't even think, you know, Jay and I don't fight about what things cost. He's not a controlling person with money, right. which right. I could never be married to a controlling person with money because it's just not in my, I mean, I would it would cause me to lose my mind. Yep. That being said, I mean, so he, so he's not thinking. I mean, he's definitely concerned about cost. We're both concerned about cost, right. but it's not like a fight over should we spend this on this. Are you okay that this is how much it costs? It's what it is, though. It's like this underlying weight yep. of how much you're spending, and yep. even.
0: It's a low-grade, constant stress. It's a low-grade, constant stress, and it's also
1: like a feeling of, I sort of vacillate between this feeling of just total gratitude that we get to do this, you know, and I get, I mean, there are not many people in the world, when you look at the whole scheme of things, who get to live in where I'm living. I mean, it's amazing, and it's beautiful, and to get to do a kitchen that I really love when I'm a person who loves to cook and loves to entertain and... I'm just living in this house that we both fell in love with, that we adore. But there's a lot of guilt for me that comes along with kind of going, yikes, this is a lot. Yeah. Like, boy, this is a lot. When you think of, I don't know, what other people have, which is, you know, you can always compare. You can always compare and say someone has it worse, right? I mean, it just has been, it's complicated. And all of those things add to this low-grade stress coupled with the fact that I wasn't able to do the thing for five months that is my number one biggest right. stress reliever, which right. is be in my home and cook. Right. And every time you were home we were home, it was feeling stressful. And I started to realize, Marjorie, like we were really struggling with Jay said to me the other day, he's like, Well, you go to bed at nine o'clock every night. You go to bed. And I'm like, Yeah, and you sleep until the last possible second in the morning. Right. Like I have to say, Hey, come on, like we have to get this day going. And you realize what that is. I mean, I think that was honestly a symptom of just sort of a low-grade depression for both of us, of feeling like I was so, you know, my most vulnerable time is at night. I don't do well having intense conversations at night. I just can't. Jay's most vulnerable time is in the morning. He is, like, out of it in the morning. It takes him a while to, like, get into the day. He right. doesn't just pop out of bed. And so for both of us, we were sort of retreating into just exhaustion. Of right. For him, I think it was facing another day with just dust and debris yep. and disarray oh, and stress. And me, it was like, I can't do any more of this day.
0: Right. I just have to go to bed. You know, that's and a those really are good the thing. things
1: that you realize. We had a, you know, you gotta like have conversations and figure that out. And then again, what do we always say? You have to see your counselor.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, and and I think that's what's really interesting about that too. I'll go back to something you said because I think there's probably a deep sort of strain in you. You know, you're a pastor's kid. You've read the Bible. There's a part of thinking to whom much is given, much is expected. For All sure. of those things sort of run through your. Your head. And so for me, when I would do a renovation, because I love old homes, I love your home. Your home, for people, when you look at the pictures, what you have to understand about Elizabeth's home is it's just so welcoming. So there, it's, I love, and I love particularly that vintage of home, I love the scale of the rooms. Yeah. So everything has, you know, it's a nice big wide staircase. And what are there on the second floor? There are three bedrooms. Yeah, but all of them have such this beautiful scale. So it's not like, you know, it's not like it's a 16 bedrooms and eight bathrooms. <laughs> no. But it just it has that very 19 was it 1930 when it was built?
1: 1916. 30? Yeah, it has
0: that oh, grand It has that feel. very
1: traditional feel. Yeah, traditional
0: does. feel. So, and I love older homes. I grew up in an older home. Yeah. I've renovated a couple of older homes. So the way I would always think of it, and I, I love them, is when I was spending money on them, and I always knew for me, and this is different for you a little bit, but I think you've done the same thing. I would always think about how I was saving it, that I was yeah. bringing it back to life. Yeah. That I was giving it another generation. And I think you... In your own way, whenever somebody takes an older home, you're using a resource that's already here, but that has to be brought back. And we're not taking up any more land. We're not destroying farmland. We're not destroying forests. You're using an urban lot that's already there with a beautiful home that's already on it, which some people could walk in and say, you know what, I'm going to tear this down, which would break my heart if a house (laughs) like that were ever torn down. You know, and so I think that's how I always looked at when I would do renovations of older homes. It's like I'm bringing it back for another hundred years. And I think you can look at that kitchen, and I think you'll be there a hundred years. But if you weren't, it would be a gift to the next family. So I think think that's sort of a wonderful way to think about a home renovation, especially once you're done with it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's totally a great way to look at it. It is funny because when we bought the house, the kitchen – had been done it looked like in like the 80s and so you know that's 40 years ago yeah. and it's 40 years ago and so we were we've been kind of laughing and saying you know when we bought this house we were like oh boy this kitchen is dated like yeah. this is a really dated kitchen because it'd been done 40 years ago and so when we sell this house we want the people who to buy it who say boy that is a dated kitchen <laughs>
0: But I We know. want them
1: to go, boy, that kitchen was done 40 years, years ago, ago. And we're going to be like, yeah, so you get to do what we had to do.
0: <laughs> but you know what, though? You may not have done that successfully because you did the kitchen so beautifully that it feels in harmony with the style of the house. It
1: is pretty timeless. I feel like yeah. it, was, yeah. it was timeless, I think. And we have talked about this a little bit before, but as we've been sort of making choices, and I think you really have to go with your gut on a lot of it, and I think the best thing that you can do, and you can tell me, Marjorie, if you feel like this from your experience, but is to know your taste before you go into it. Oh, yeah. And and it's not like you have to know specifically, because I get some people are more into design than others, but I do think there's something really important to, even just, I remember for months before we did the renovation, Jay and I were just trading images on Instagram have to. back and forth, or texting images back and forth, yep. which... Was here's what I love about this. Here's what I love about this. Because if you have a clear understanding of what your taste is and what your vision is before you get into it, it makes it so much
0: easier. Yeah, I think sometimes people get into a renovation and they don't understand perhaps the prep work that should go in beforehand that will make the whole process, especially if you have a husband like I do that is interested in what choices are being made. Like you said about Jay, I mean, that you have to figure out and reconcile what are we doing. And I think the other thing is, I think if, you know, if we were looking at renovation tips, I think, you know, I've made some pretty big mistakes with as many houses as I've done. And, you know, it's not so many, but it's more than most. I've made some pretty egregious mistakes. And... I think that what I did in one of the houses, which you did not do in yours, in in the house in Atlanta, I made the kitchen super fussy. It was beautiful, yeah, but it was super fussy. Lots of, because I had this brilliant idea of, I was going to bring that idea of the, the three porches. We had a porch on the first, second, and third floor, that idea into my kitchen. And so I built this big island that had sort of balustrades. Well, it's a kitchen. Yeah, you don't want surfaces that are curved or any nooks and crannies <laughs> or any of those. It's very pretty, but I that was such a valuable lesson for me. It's like keep it sleek, keep it just keep the lines clean. And I think I I really believe that almost for any kitchen is that it should be. And what that really reflected though, Elizabeth, is that I'm not a cook. What it oh, yeah. reflected is that I did it I did it design forward as opposed to like practical forward. And I think what your kitchen does, because you are a cook, I think your kitchen's highly functional and very sleek. It's a cook's kitchen. Yeah. It's a beautiful cook's kitchen, which is what it should be because that's what you do there. That's what you're supposed to do there. (laughs) So I think that was one of my big mistakes.
1: You cook. You eat. You gather around. Yeah. Yeah, you absolutely do. You're totally right. I know there are mistakes. I mean – Manage, I, I feel right now like I don't think we made any mistakes in terms of the choices. I feel right. really good about the choices. I think it good. was just the management and the expectations yep. that I feel like I could have done better. And then also the communication because I think I did the same exact thing that you were talking about, which is you just took it on yep. and you did it and you didn't share enough with Ian. And I think that was the same with me. I didn't share enough with Jay and I put myself in this very – isolated position with this just weight on me all the time so that when a question was asked of me, even a simple one of just like, how's this going? I mean, I really would launch into a major defensive state. And then when, because I wasn't sharing as much information, then Jay would hit a point where he's like, well, okay, what is going on here? And then it would really get heated it would absolutely get heated and then I think you know a lot of it with this house too and I think anybody who buys a house with a lot of projects you know we joke that we bought 30 years of projects with this house (laughs) what you find out quickly is that you know there's this domino effect in these places yeah where it's one thing leads into the other thing leads into the other thing and I'd read that one of the biggest budget mistakes you can make when you're doing a renovation is using the words while we're at it.
0: Oh, no, 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 no. So if you say, like, well,
1: while we're at it, we might as well do this. No. Well, while we're at it, we might as well do this. I mean, that is literally how you get double your budget. I mean, that's how it gets out of control. And we did that a little bit. I mean, there was an area leading down to the basement that we just said, okay, well, (laughs) like we we can't just stop these hardwood floors where we thought we were going to stop them right. like it's it's ridiculous and bizarre to stop it here While we're at it, we have to continue this. While we're at it, we're going to paint this room because you can see this room from the kitchen. So there were a couple of those things. But, for example, the biggest fight that we had, and I've talked about this, were the black windows. I chose black windows. Oh, which
0: looks fabulous. Thank God. They're fabulous. They They do. They look so good. But, boy, I'm so glad they do because that would be a tough one
1: to fight over
0: them and have them look terrible. Elizabeth would have been horrible.
1: Horrible. And it was the biggest fight because it's not that Jay didn't love the black windows. He loves the look of the black windows. The fight is that the rest of the windows are white. Yeah. And so when we are looking at the outside, if we are going to, the the windows and doors that we did are kind of on the side and on the back of the house. And so when we're going to redo all of the windows, there are 10 windows on the front <laughs> of the house. And so Jay mm-hmm. just started going, okay, now you've set us up to have to do 10 more windows, and then we have to do the back of the house. Yeah. And and these are all windows that need to be done. I mean, they've got the old weights and the old ropes that are broken. They're going to have to be done at some point. They've got to be done at some point anyway, but I think the problem was, and this is where his sense of feeling overwhelmed came in, and when are we at our worst, right, when we feel overwhelmed, overwhelmed. was, oh my gosh, like, this one choice just made the next thing, it has to happen sooner than I would have wanted it to happen. Right. And then the financial pressure of that starts to weigh on you. So that well, was a really, that was a huge one. And I, I remember you saying, you telling me about one piece of furniture that you guys fought about, or it was yeah. a bathroom vanity that you guys oh, yeah. fought about. Oh, yeah. I brought in a big, huge, big, huge cabinet into the bathroom. And then it kind of, the fight that ensued almost ruined the piece of Mm-hmm. of furniture for it, it, you the vanity for you
0: it it did it did not leave minnesota intentionally it and that's kind behind. of how
1: i look at these windows yeah <laughs> every time and i think i need to just like emotionally let it go because every time i look at the windows i think yeah. boy that was a doozy boy that was a really big one
0: that was or you yike. just do some sort of i mean honestly that cabinet i couldn't wait to leave it behind because it was an ugly fight And it was because it what it did was because the fight wasn't about the cabinet, the fight was about the fact that I would see these big, huge antiques and I would like them and I would bring them home. I somehow like somehow I gained like superwoman strength and like it's so bizarre. Like this thing was not small, Elizabeth. And somehow, I mean, I don't even know, did I hire movers in a moment? I mean, I just brought it home and said, This is where it's going to go. And he's like, You know. It's my bathroom, too, and I don't really like it, and why do you keep doing it? Because this was not the only piece. I mean, I would be sure. lying. This had happened many times, and we had been married for a lot of years by then. So this, this was, was not... the massive cabinet that broke the camel's back. Yes, exactly, literally. <laughs> and so it stayed because it was so damn big that it was like, okay, it's going to stay in here. But when we sold that house, that was the piece that I think I sold. I mean, I think I sold it. But there was never a question that that was going to follow me because it was that way. And I think because the windows are a little bit of a different situation, I kind of think you have to have, like, a little exorcism. You and Jay have to do something. I have to, to like, sage
1: the windows. You do. I think I need to just You do. sit. I think we need to stand by the windows and say, let it go. It's a funny thing, though, Marjorie. I know that we're not the only ones because I've heard from other people. I mean, I've been posting a lot of this journey on my Instagram. Right. And there is a highlight section on my Instagram. There's kitchen. And then I put too much stuff in there, so there's kitchen, too. (laughs) You can look at both of them, and you can go through the whole project. But I've had people message me. I mean, I had one woman... Say that she did her kitchen 30 years ago and she had two little kids yes. and she's still scarred. She's like, I th- still think I have PTSD from it. Yeah. I mean, I had another woman who was on, who's a guest on our show who's fabulous and she was, she is the most positive person that I encounter. She's like this wonderful fitness woman and she has a darling husband and they have like such cute kids and she's so positive and when she talks about her kitchen renovation, she shudders. Yeah. It's a really it's real, fascinating thing and I do think... It is important to be aware of yourself before you even get yourself into this situation. Yeah. Am I in a relationship and am I in a mental state that I can handle this? Because
0: Here, I the- think I teetered
1: on the edge of being of it working. <laughs>
0: Well, I think that you know it's it's what happens though is if you look at this. So when I did the Atlanta renovation, which was other well, when we built our house, we tore down a house outside of Chicago, we tore down a house and built a house. My son was two and a half, and I had just had a baby. Does that seem like a good time to build a house? No, that that seems
1: like a bad time to do. And that. then yep.
0: and then we moved from there my kids were in kindergarten and preschool and that's when we took on the i took on the atlanta renovation and so it's like i think there should have been a moment i think that if i had to look back at the sequence of things the the renovation in atlanta was fine the building the house was just stupid
1: yeah, i mean yeah. honestly
0: i don't know what i was thinking and What I should have done is just said to myself exactly what you were asking. I should have, if I'd been self-aware, but I was like 28. If I'd been self-aware, I should have said to myself, am I in a place where this is where I want to devote my time? Is this really where I want my, all of my real energy to go, is into creating this new house, or would I be better off maybe we just rent a place for two years or three yeah. years? My husband was in a super stressful job. I was in a career transition. I had two babies. Was that really the time to build? No. That was dumb. That was just dumb. And I think it's because I was too young and I wasn't self-aware enough to know I cannot do all of this. And perhaps I don't want to do all of this. And so I look back at that one. And that one I always sort of cringe because I think – because I have this one memory, Elizabeth, of we had gone up to take a look at the house. Like we had to do like an inspection. So it was like at a halfway state. And Ian was at work. I had the kids in the car. The house was 12 miles from where we were living. Luckily, I was living next door to my mom, so that was great. And I remember we're, we're driving back to Chicago from the suburbs, and Campbell, who just really never cried. I mean, he was just a really wonderful baby, <laughs> had just had it. Like, he was just done. Aww. And even who was only, like, I think by this time he's, like, three. And he's he was, like, kind of like... Upset because his brother never really cried. And so I'm like, okay, we've got, like, we're just going to sing to him, Gar. We're just going to sing to him. It's like a 45 minute drive back to the city. And so we just created this song. And I can't sing, so forgive me. But it was just over and over again for like 35 minutes. We just sang, Campbell, Campbell, we're doing the best we can. Boom, boom, boom. And we just sang it over and over because it, The boom, boom, boom would make Gar laugh, and then Campbell would kind of get soothed, and if we stopped singing, he'd start crying again. But it was like I just – like I felt so bad in that moment because I thought all of this is unnecessary. We should be home. It should be bath time. It should be – you know, this this was too much to put us all through. So that, I think the question of, sorry, that was a long tangent to be self-aware. I don't it's think I'm self-aware. It
1: really is good. It is. I think that's a big thing, though. It's self-awareness. It's expectations. It's communication. Yeah. And then it's giving yourself some grace. I mean, that is the bottom line. And listen, be brave out there. You're going to renovate. <laughs> you got to put your armor on.
0: Be, like like, be brave. Prepare.
1: <laughs> And there is a a good friend of mine, Melissa Peterman, who I adore, who's an actress. She mm-hmm. was in the movie Fargo. She was on the show Reba. She is just a joy. And she's, she's so damn funny. She's so funny. And if you follow her on Instagram, she's been doing a renovation of their house in L.A. Mm-hmm. And her hashtag every time she posts about it is hashtag we will not divorce over this. <laughs> Exactly. And I look at that regularly and just think, yes, we will not divorce over this. And then now, here we are. Here Here we are are in a beautiful kitchen, and I made blueberry pancakes for the kiddos this morning and carbonara for them for dinner. So you know what? It's starting and ending pretty doggone well. It's just what's in the middle that can get kind of messy.
0: (laughs) And and soon enough, hopefully, you'll forget it. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcast and share it with a friend. If you have a moment, please give us a review at Apple Podcasts. Swillis176 wrote to us, Elizabeth, she said, I am a Minnesota native living in Florida and I follow some podcasts from home to stay connected to my beautiful and unique home state. She says, My nest is changing. I can't bear to say that it's empty, but my youngest of two kiddos just started college. I very much love the idea of making our nest one that my kids love coming home to. Most recently, I listened to your podcast about kitchens, and you said something about it's such a unique Minnesota thing to make a big pot of yummy-smelling soup on the weekend. Mm -hmm. I've been struggling to cook for just two, but that gave me the idea to cook a big pot of something on the weekend to have for lunches during the upcoming week. So what? It's 89 degrees. My chicken wild rice soup really hit the spot last week. So I love it's that. It's inspiration. inspiration.
1: It's really great. Non-stop. I love it. Please reach out to us, too. You can find both of us on Instagram, at Best to the Nest, or at Eliz Reese, and at It's Me Marjorie One. We are also on Facebook and Twitter.
0: Be brave! <laughs>